Last weekend, I got really lost. Actually, I get lost all the time. I have no sense of direction. I got lost in an open field once. Welcome to Artipus, art you can hear. Artipus goes to the Lost 48-Hour Art Festival and talks to artist Christopher Bowder about his work, Circular. Last weekend, from the 15th to the 17th of December, I got lost at Lost, the 48-Hour Art Festival, a spectacular swan song for the final 48 hours of the historic Vilna Brauerei in Berlin. We were first at the Vilna Brauerei last year for Berlin's first experience of art in the dark with The Dark Rooms, a curator and artist collective on a mission to deliver art for art's sake and to as many people as possible. We were back at the Brauerei this summer for The Dark Rooms pop-up exhibition, Labyrinth of Lies, featuring artist Sven Zauer's ghostly and powerful Kami, spirits of protest and revolution glowering in the abandoned rooms of the Brauerei to sound by Boni Stoev and punctuated by the pop-art, anti-propagandist work of the Connor brothers. In the meantime, gentrification has been rolling over Berlin, eating everything in its path as it does, leaving a trail of free-trade coffee shops and recyclable clothing boutiques. And it ate up the Vilna Brauerei too, bought by investors, and lost forever to the fading old, wild streets of Berlin. Lost. Lost people, lost society, lost control. From losing control of yourself in a crowd, on drugs, in a nightclub, or slipping away into that nightlife forever and becoming lost to everyone you know. Lamenting times gone by and the way things were as societies shift and move across the planet. Feeling lost at this strange juncture in our collective consciousness when technology and the human experience are on the verge of becoming one. The Lost Art Festival explored these themes, curated by Clara Kremer of the Dark Rooms, and working in partnership with Enter Art Foundation and Collective Priests and Prawns. The festival featured over 100 artists, bands, musicians, performance artists, and artist talks. Artipus had a listening lounge there, featuring 10 episodes that embraced the theme of Lost, looped in a room where the walls danced with hypnagogic images created by videographer Kimberly Lauren Bryant recreating the dream state that storytelling could sometimes induce. Thanks, Kim. We were also generously invited to conduct a number of artist talks, starting with curators Clara Kramer and Susie Royal. We also talked to the elegant Kate Kopfer about her work, Vorum Escate, the avataresque Miriam Sögner about her excerpt from her piece, Lara. And we finally got to meet the warm and funny installation artist, Yulia Susinka. We continued with talks with the exploratory work of Ria Vank, and finally with German artist Christopher Bauder, whose work was installed on the very top of the Brauerei building in a turn-of-the-century hops loft, sunlight barely slipping through a few cracks on the roof. Christopher's work, Circular, is three rings in kinetic motion, softly tumbling through space, in and out of each other, forming new forms, falling flat, rising up, and starting all over again. The work was the perfect cap to all the larger works in the same building, filling every floor with astounding installations that traced the lost ways of, well, of us, us humans, 
from the depths of the flesh to the longing to connect, to our place in between the world of nature and architecture, to our awakening of borders, our protest, our struggle to be fair and free of boundaries. And finally, all the way at the top, working away mechanically but with poignant persistence, our striving for enlightenment, transformation, and our way back to this existence we are forever cherishing and destroying, discovering and losing again. Until finally, we walk into this huge, cold room, and for a moment, are still and at peace, until we begin the whole process once again. I sat down with Christopher for a talk about his work and about the theme of the digital, the analog, and being lost and found again. And I'm speaking with Christoph Bauder, whose work is on the very top floor of the main building of the Vilnius Galerie, called Circular. Yes. Yes. Um, it's circular. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> a sound and light installation. Um, with kinetic rings. It's very beautiful. If you haven't seen it yet, of course, we'll talk more about it. You may know Christoph um, and his brother Mark from their 2014 installation all across Berlin called the Lichtbrenze, um, the light, with the balloons, sort of. We call them balloon poles, not but, very sexy. No, so. <laughs> We'll just go with the balloons. With the balloons that followed um, the Berlin Wall on the anniversary of its destruction. Um, but I first came across his work in, I think, also 2014 in Paris um, at a group show at a place called Elephant Panam with a work that's very similar to the work that's on display today, except that one was all white, right? Yeah. And I was looking at my notes from that because I did an episode about it, well, the whole show. And it's very similar to what this one is, where I said, and I think if you've seen his work, you'd probably feel the same. Um, I feel like this is what limbo looks like, that space between life and death, and I could look at this forever. Yeah, quite sums it up, I think. <laughs> so, so we're done. No. <laughs> Your work is... Um, is is extremely soothing and it's been interesting to walk watch people full of excitement for this festival enter that room and suddenly fall very silent and very reverent how do you find people responding to your work when they speak with you um, yeah it's, it's very similar to what you're describing and this is also what i i hope it, 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 it does with people so when they come in and they are some they have the beer and they get in a rush and chatty and so on and then all of a sudden they fall quiet if they if they let themselves be um, introduced to it and uh, even if it's it's the coldest place in the whole uh, building I think um, some people stay there for like an hour or something like that and, and really get into the meditative mood. Uh, it's very it's very hypnotic. Yeah. Um, this one, your text said it was about the cycles of life and death. To me, it's also very outer space-like. It reminds me, of course, of the rings of Saturn and, of course. But when I spoke with you about it the other day, and I had remembered your earlier work, you said, yeah, but this one is better. 
I remember thinking of your work the first time I saw it that it was it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. So why is this one better? Because I don't know how you can get more perfect than perfect. I, I think it's uh, the way it's presented here. Like I had this pitch dark place which I couldn't have at Elephant Plan. Mm -hmm. There were other artworks around, mm -hmm. and I think it's especially the combination with the sound yeah. that I'm very happy with. It's a sound by done by uh, two guys. They call themselves Ice Kid. They're from New York. And I think this combination of this very slowly evolving sound and the repetitiveness of the movement of the rings and the slow light and so on, this kind of makes this whole package maybe that, that draws you into it. Right. This one is more colorful than the one I saw yeah. earlier. Is there an algorithm that you use? I know your work is very much based around bytes and and the digital world transforming into or transforming the physical world that we live in. So are you using an algorithm to decide the change of the lights? Yes, it's basically a, a whole computer software. It's a generative algorithm, different algorithms uh, creating the patterns and all of them have kind of a, their own cycles and variables inside. So it's, it's, it's repeating what pattern comes after what pattern, but the pattern is never exactly the same because it's generated in that moment. So even if you stay for a while, they repeat, yes, but it's always changing and evolving a little bit. So kind of like, a little bit like the human experience in the way that we repeat ourselves, but hopefully grow exactly. and don't make exactly the same mistakes. Yeah, similar ones, <laughs> not exactly the same, right. yes. The rings themselves are sort of two-dimensional. And yet, the way they move, they tend to create a three-dimensional experience. I'm guessing that was planned, probably. This is also part to what we can do with software. Because since, since we know always how the rings are positioned in space, we are always able to also have light go across all three rings. So they're not only individual, but they can also be played together. And this kind of gives us a very spatial um, possibilities for expression, because the light does not necessarily have to follow one ring, it can also move across uh, or scan across all three rings in a synchronized manner, and that's kind of expanding the expression to be very spatial, I hope. Well, um, why is light your preferred medium? What quality of light is it that makes you wish to manipulate it or use it to express yourself? I, I don't know, but I, I remember that I even started collecting um, candles and matches and everything that could create fire and light when I was three years old or something like that. My mom found it in the drawer of my bed and she was very upset about it. She couldn't know that it would be my profession later. But I always had this fascination with all kinds of lights, fire, lasers, LED, OLED, daylight. It's all has something about it that makes it very particular and especially if you're able to to use it like a material to modulate it to, to manipulate it to animate it um, also human perception is very much based on you know you receive light through your eyes light and movement this is, this makes the basic trigger for a lot of emotions also and this is a, a, an option to, to play with this emotion on a very non verbal way. I study visual communication, so I actually don't like to talk or to write or text. Mm -hmm. So this is my kind of way of trying to express. 
How does it make you feel as an artist um, controlling light in that way? Controlling emotions, people's experiences, but also light itself, which is a sort of a divine kind of thing to be able to do. Yeah. I, feel, I feel very blessed actually with the modern uh, possibilities and technology that we have available. I mean, if you look at this piece, it's, it's hopefully, I, I hope it, it works in a very direct way. You don't need to explain much, you just watch it. But behind of it is like enormous amount of technology, like network system, computer, software, LEDs, uh, circuit boards, all kinds of stuff, like enormous amount of stuff. And uh, this allows me to manipulate light in a very, I hope, poetic and, and ephemeral and, and easy way, but um, yeah, I'm feeling very blessed actually to live in this century where I have these possibilities because there's a lot of light artists before who had great ideas and did sketches and so on. The technology was just not there right. yet. Right. Today we have it all. There's nothing I wish for that I could do that I can't. So it's, it's fantastic. Are you, do you find yourself um, wishing to make a comment with that technology as well about going back to the idea that your work is based on bikes and digital technology and its its effect on us is that a positive thing for you and I, I mean obviously positive allows you to do your art but the way that it affects our perceived reality in our society today I see the only positive actually I have no negative um, I don't know um, no, no negative feelings about modern technology. I just see it very positive. It's the way you use it, but it's always been like that. You know, the tools you had, you could always use them for violence or for doing nice things. Or, you know, you use a knife, you can carve something, you can kill someone. I mean, it's, it's always the tools you can use them for this or that. So I, I only see it very positive. Everything that's that's available at our hands now to create, to communicate, to connect to people. But the, my work itself is actually not supposed to be a comment on that. Because I think in, if it works best, I'm, I'm glad when people just like it or enjoy it or go, wow, or take something from it or switch off for a second or turn the phone off for a minute. And that's all I want to achieve. It's not commenting on the massive amount of technology that's actually behind it. Do you... Have Sorry, I'm trying to organize my next because I have like five questions for you that are all coming out at once. Um, what's the most interesting comment you've ever received about your work from a just from an observer, not a someone from the art world? Uh, a bit, a lot. To, like, like for example, I did another show where I used 64 balloons in an array, eight by eight. They had little motors on the floor, and there was a helium balloon, and they could move, and they were synchronized with music. And I played as a performance together with Robert Henke, a very popular musician here from Berlin, a composer. Um, and we had different, very abstract ideas to create our show. Mm -hmm. So one part of it was like Metropolis, which is also an inspiration of course here for the rings. Yeah. So we had these rings and a massive electronic charge, supercharged sound and so on. And we had another, we had a, a, a an umbrella story, basically, that was uh, aliens are landing on the planet and they're leaving some eggs behind or something and, and create more uh, 
aliens and they will uh, explore the Earth and then in the end the others will pick them up on a space. Very stupid story actually. And this was a guideline for one of the parts of our show. Basically it was about birth and life and death. Um, but it's very abstract. I mean it's eight by eight balloons. There's nothing you can display with that than pure abstraction of life and movement. And so after the show, like a, I think, 70, 75 year old woman, she, she comes towards us, I'm really agitated, and we thought she wants to complain about the massiveness of the sound, too loud or something like that. We were already like, okay, what's happening now? And she said, guys, this moment when the aliens landed and they were exploring the Earth, and then yeah, they leave again to another dimension, it was mind-blowing. We were like, what? You really got that? You know, and she said, yeah, totally, and it should be much longer. And this was the best, this was one of the first feedback to, to one of the light shows I did ever, where I realized that this combination of, of very abstract light and sound can create very concrete imagination in people's heads. Mm -hmm. And this was maybe the, the, the comment that stuck most with me until today. It's kind of a form of virtual reality, in a way. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. abstract, obviously, low-resolution pixel and so on, but <laughs> kind of virtual reality, yes. Um, how does your work here in this exhibit fall under the theme of lost for you? Oh. Do you want me to ask an easier <laughs> question? What's your middle name? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I prefer not to talk about the middle name because... <laughs> um, um, lost, I mean, it's, it's lost, lost, and I was thinking they should have another festival. Where are they? Called Found, obviously. So I think this is something in between. Yeah, sometimes people feel lost and, and this thing is a bit lost in that big space up there. And, but I think also it, it, it plays with lost and found. You can find yourself, um, in a place where you, in the best sense, shut off for a minute, enjoy art, don't think about Everything else was going outside of this kind of, it's like a fairy tale place or something yeah. for 48 hours. It's like everywhere you go, you, do, you find something that maybe you have lost or not. I don't know, or someone else lost it. I, I, some art pieces, you, you don't even feel that someone put them there on purpose. They look like they were lost or, or um, just appeared there. And so this, this, for me, that fits in that context because I think it also looks a bit lost up there, but at the same time, people find it maybe at the, as the last thing when they go all the way up. So I think it plays very well with this. For me, it's the topic of lost and found, actually. Mm. Connects. Yeah, absolutely. If you go from the very bottom, yeah, that's certainly the journey starting in the color. <laughs> so it's a little easy to work in the club area. Um, I'm going to ask if anyone has questions for Christoph. No? <laughs> okay. Um, if you haven't seen his work yet, it's at the very, this is the last final hours of this festival, and the last few hours you'll be able to see his work here in this amazing attic space um, that suits the work so beautifully because it's so, it's so old and your work is so yeah. modern and futuristic. It's really a beautiful yeah, I love contrast. the contrast. they showed me. I could have this place on it. Yes, of course. Yes, okay. great. So if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. It is very cold up there, so um, wrap up. And thank you very much for your thank beautiful you much. work. It was thank wonderful you. to speak with you, and thank you for being part of Moss.
The Vilna Brauerei and the Lost 48-Hour Art Festival officially closed at 6 p.m. on the 17th of December, 2017. You can find out more about the festival and all the artists and performers and the curators at lostberlin.de. Special thanks to Clara Kramer and Sven Zauer of The Dark Rooms, Susie Royal of Enter Art Foundation, and Anastasia Oberegbe of Priests and Prawns. And to all the artists, performers, musicians, DJs, and exhibitors, and everyone who came for one final weekend to get lost. This is our final episode for 2017. We wish our listeners peaceful holidays and a hopeful start to the new year. Thanks for listening. Artipus is an independently produced podcast supporting artists, museums, and galleries, and local musicians. If you connected to this episode, please support the making of the next one. Just click on the donate button at our website, www.artipus.com. That's A-R-T-I-P-O-E-U-S dot com. Transcripts and photos of this episode and more are available at medium.com slash you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud or on iTunes, but you can also stream us through one of our media partners. Glarify.com, the world's first art map app. The interactive global mapping tool that lets you locate artist studios, openings, and exhibits in your town and around the world. Sign up at www.glarify.com. The Dark Rooms, a curator and artist collective dedicated to reaching beyond the art market through pop-up immersive art experiences in Berlin and beyond. Learn more at www.thedarkrooms.de. Gallery A Plus in Berlin, an independent exhibition space providing emerging artists a concentrated platform for presentation and discussion for a divergent art audience. Learn about upcoming exhibits and events at www.aplus.de. Dealers in trans avant-garde editions and rare artworks for curation, exhibition, and private collections. Specializing in Arte Povera, Dada, Fluxus, Gutai Group, and Viennese Actionism. Subscribe to their newsletter and access exclusive collaborations and collections at fontainebay.com. Stuzu, the studio exchange for artists, helping artists find new inspiration in new places and grow their art. It's like Airbnb for the arts. List your studio at stuzu.com. Artipus is very proud to support Hangar One, a nonprofit organization helping Berlin's war zone migrants integrate into their new communities through art. Please support their work at www.hangarone.org. I'm Susie Kollek, and you've been listening to Artipus. Art you can hear. <laughs>